How many of you know Cantonese? Um, Cantonese is a phrase not so good. It means it is uh, it's called pokai. Have you heard of pokai? Um, it's not a word you want to say to anyone. Uh, it, it basically means uh, fall on the street, uh, fall face flat on the street. And uh, I uh, I did that a few years ago when I was walking a, a parking lot. And you know, in this parking lot, there are these uh, blocks, right, to mark the, the parking space. And I tripped over uh, one of the blocks. Uh, I was in a hurry, so I totally did not see it. I tripped over, I basically fell face down, like the whole body just And uh, I thought I was going to die. So, but luckily, I, you know, um, I was able to use my arms to protect the upper body. So, well, my, my rib, one of my ribs uh, was uh, bruised. And that bruise uh, was painful for two months. So you, you can die falling like that. And so in Cantonese, that phrase, Pokai, is actually a curse. It basically, going, it basically means go to hell, right? you die. Right? So it's, it's, it's not a, a good phrase. Uh, uh, but uh, the scary thing is, uh, according to Jesus, the passage that we just read this morning, if you stumble, you can go to hell. That's actually literally what it means. Um, if you cause people to stumble, if you cause other believers to stumble, and if you cause yourself to stumble, and that you 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 have the risk of going to hell. Alright? So hopefully none of us will go there. But uh, before we go into the details, let's uh, bow our heads and, and start with the prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for not everyone uh, arrived here safely. Uh, uh, there have been so many dangers uh, from people, uh, from the nature, and uh, we need your protection, Lord. And thank you for preserving us, for preserving us this very day. Uh, we can still gather here to worship you, to listen to your word. So I pray that your word will not uh, come up empty-handed. Your word will bring people to repentance, will bring people to conviction, and uh, guide us and lead us to the everlasting living way that you desire for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, all right, you want to click on that? Okay, good. Right. So some recap from our last episode. Um, uh, Jesus gave a second uh, prediction about his coming death and resurrection. And again, uh, the disciples did not understand. They were, this time, they were scared. Uh, so they did not want to ask him anything, and, but they were arguing who would be the greatest. Now, when Jesus talking about how to be uh, more and more humble, they want to be more and more prominent. So uh, this is how Jesus answered their question. The greatest among you in the kingdom of God must be last of all, a servant of all. You want to be great, you lower yourself and you serve people. And uh, you click that slide again. All right. Right. So um, then he used the example of you how to how to be a humble servant. You have to re serve the little ones, serve children. Children at Jesus' time was uh, they were uh, the the lowest in the social order. Not like today in the American society where children are well protected, uh, admired, and sometimes you know even worshipped. Uh, but in those days, children are often despised and they are insignificant. Um, other places in the gospel, we see that 
his disciples, they would stop people bringing kids to, to Jesus because they, they thought the kids were not worth it. But Jesus said, to serve, you have to lower yourself, you have to stoop down, to serve the little kids, to serve those insignificant people in your society. And uh, uh, John, one of the disciples, tried to stop another person uh, casting out demons in Jesus' name. And Jesus said, you should not do that. If he was able to do that, if he was able to use my name to, to have that power to uh, cast out demons, that means he's a believer. He's part, part of us. And uh, John's mistake is that person was not in John's circle, so he rejected him. And that's not an attitude that Jesus wants. Um, so whoever does a mighty work in Christ's name, which is not our enemy, uh, we should uh, uh, not uh, uh, try to uh, reject them. And uh, then Jesus mentions that uh, there will be reward whenever uh, people receive you in my name. Remember, this is the first century and Jesus was persecuted and his believers were persecuted. So it's a very hostile society uh, 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 that the Jews has been hunting down Jesus and his disciples. So wherever show the hospitality issue, uh, there will be, those people will be uh, rewarded. All right, so, um, so that's a recap from our last episode. So Jesus talked about the reward. Um, this time he talks about uh, the punishment. Uh, if you do good in Christ's name, um, you will be rewarded. But if you do bad, in Christ's name, because people believe in the name of Christ to do to bad things, uh, there will be serious punishment. And uh, here we go. Uh, Jesus says, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble um, or to sin. If you look at ESCV translations to sin, but there's a footnote say in, in the original Greek, that, that verb means to stumble. Okay, basically you cause them to, to fall in their faith. And what's going to happen to you if you do that? It would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Uh, to show you that picture of that millstone, it's not, uh, it cannot be driven by, by men. It cannot be turned by men. It can only be turned by donkey because it's so heavy. Imagine you have that thing hung around your neck and you're thrown into the sea. That's a sure death. And Jesus said the punishment for you, if you do that, will be worse than this death. So, uh, there's a more serious punishment from God uh, than mere death for people causing others to sin. Right? So that's the first warning. Now the second warning is, if your hand causes you to stumble or to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. So what is hell? I heard this uh, word a lot. Hell is, uh, in Greek is Gehenna which is the translation from the Hebrew word Gehino, uh, uh, which means the valley of Hinnom. So where is this valley? This valley is a real valley, and it was, it, today it's still there. Uh, it was outside uh, 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 the walls of Jerusalem. In the Old Testament times, it, it was the borderline between the two tribes, uh, Judah and Benjamin. Unfortunately, it became a place of idolatrous worship to Malak, and Baal, and the people even sacrificed their children to these idols, to these deities, uh, during the time of Ahaz and Manasseh, two wicked kings of Judah. And uh, when Josiah was reforming uh, 
the Judaism, he defiled uh, uh, this, this place and, and um, uh, uh, tear, he tore down the, the, the altars uh, for these idols and made it a, a, a garbage dump. So uh, in Jesus' time, that's where people dump their garbage and uh, their bodies. So uh, it has become a symbol for God's uh, judgment, for the divine punishment. All right. So Jesus continues, uh, if, your hand, if your foot causes to stumble, to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble or to sin, tear it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell. Where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Right, so uh, remember this, uh, the Valley of Hinnom, Gehenna is a place where people dump uh, their bodies. So, so they are constantly worms uh, on, the, on, the, on the corpses, uh, decaying. And because they burn the garbage and burn the bodies there, so there's always fire there. Uh, so it's pretty a jewelry image. And this actually fulfilled the prophecy that we read this morning from Isaiah. And this is the, the place God has assigned for those who rebelled against him. So um, just as uh, uh, the value of kingdom is real, Jesus said, hell uh, is real. Okay? This thing called hell, and you don't go there. Uh, now, second verse take a, takes a different turn. For everyone will be salted with fire. Everyone here, this context is, uh, if you remember, beginning Jesus said, if you cause the little ones who believe in my name, so the context here is believers. So everyone here means every believer, every disciple of Jesus will be salted with fire. fire. And this fire is not a garbage fire. It's not a fire, the, the judgment fire. It is the fire of purification. Uh, so uh, so what, what does Jesus mean? The, the reference is from uh, uh, Leviticus. Um, during the Old Testament times, the Jews, they had to offer grain offerings, right? So, uh, and there's a, a, a law regarding that. In the Leviticus, uh, it's stipulated that uh, you have to add grain to all your uh, grain offerings. It's called the grain of the covenant. All right. So, uh, salt and fire, salt and fire, both are associated with the offering. With, and the grain offering has to be burnt, right? So, there's a fire. Now, um, in fact, in Ezekiel, uh, you mentioned in the restored temple, uh, you when you offer, you have to add salt to to your burnt offerings. So, uh, starting with fire means every believer is a burnt offering, right? Now, remember, we went through the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12 says we have to be the living sacrifice. Uh, in every Christian, we'll go through trials. We'll go through sufferings. We'll go through discipline. And these are the fires uh, that purify, uh, that will purify us. And, and we have to be started with that. And saw is a good thing. Saw is the seasoning. Saw is the conditioner. Saw preserves. Saw cleans. Uh, so going through this suffering, going through all these purifications, uh, we become tasty. We'll, we'll, there will be flavor in us, aroma in us of Christ. And, and that's why every believer of Christ uh, has to go through it. And Jesus ends here, saw is good. But if the saw has lost its saltiness, how will, will you make it 
salty again, right? So every Christian, true Christian, will have saltiness. And, but make sure that you do not lose that saltiness. How can salt lose saltiness? You know, if it's a pure salt, it's a pure sodium chloride, you will not, the chemical property will not change. But in Jesus' time uh, in Palestine, uh, these are not pure salt. These are impure uh, salt. Um, so it mixed up with other uh, chemicals, ingredients. So over time, if that natural salt is exposed to the elements, uh, the sodium chloride inside can gradually uh, leach out, uh, leaving behind the uh, um, salty stuff, other minerals that are not salt. So, and, and salt will lose its flavor, salt will lose its saltiness. And Jesus using this common phenomena uh, in their days to warn the disciples not to lose uh, their saltiness. Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. So salt here is symbolized, is evidenced by peace, by the harmony we have with uh, each other. Right? Remember, uh, Jesus is that kind of using this to rebuke John because he doesn't want to get along with that exorcist. He doesn't want to get along with that person who casts out demon in Jesus' name. He wants to reject him. He wants to rebuke him. He, he wants to forbid him for, for doing what he was doing. You know, Jesus, you know, that's not a, a good sign of a disciple. Uh, uh, being a true disciple, uh, we, we have to accommodate and we befriend those who work and act and, and bless people in Jesus' name. Okay, so that's today's episode. That's today's teaching. Uh, pretty straightforward, uh, but I want to ask you a few questions. Uh, uh, these are the questions you need to ask. Uh, you don't need to say anything, but you need to ask yourself. Uh, do you cause anyone to sin? Do you cause any believers to stumble? Um, when we do bad things, it affects people. And it often has unwanted uh, consequences. And therefore, uh, in the book of James, uh, teachers are warned uh, seriously. James chapter 3, it says, none of you should be, not every one of you should be teachers, right? But if you teach believers, teach other Christians, you'll be judged uh, with a higher standard. And if you cause people to stumble, cause people to sin, uh, uh, it may have some serious consequence for you. Um, but if, I, I think, uh, Basically, we should avoid uh, causing people to stumble. Uh, I remember one time I was walking in, uh, uh, in Taipei and I was crossing the streets and uh, uh, there was a, a red light. Um, there's a traffic signal. You press the, um, you press the button and the, the, the pedestrian light will turn green and you walk. And now I saw oh, there was no car there and the light was still red. So I said, I don't know, I just, I just go. So I went. And, but then a bad thing happened because there was a kid on the other side and he saw me doing that. So he imitated me. So he too walked across the street. But when he crossed the street, there was a car coming, fast approaching. So I was so scared. And so I yelled out to him. And unfortunately, uh, unfortunately that he was able to avoid that car. But you know, I feel like that would be my guilt if he got hit by the car. Because you know, he, copied, he copied me for doing the wrong thing. Sometimes people copy us. They copy us when we do good things. They also copy us when we do bad things. Uh, I think we need to uh, uh, warn ourselves that we do not do bad things to cause other people to, to stumble. I, I think this is 
uh, a serious warning especially to uh, to the parents right because whatever we do at home and whatever we say at home kids learn and people can tell and uh, you know uh, I mean old church uh, Sunday school teachers told us hey how come all these kids swear where do they learn those swearings that's from school maybe maybe it's from the parents uh, so we need to be careful uh, to be a good example not only to the kids but only to, uh, but also to everyone around us be a good testimony be a good role model as a christian uh, second question uh, do you cause yourself to to stumble do you cause yourself to sin which parts of your body uh, are causing you to sin what are the things you're watching right now um, uh, especially the, the things you're watching when no one is around. What are those things? Are they causing you to sin? Uh, what are your hands doing? Especially in places where people don't see. What are your hands doing? And where are you walking with your feet? Now, feet means the way of life. What is, how do you conduct your life? What is direction you're going to? Uh, is that causing you to sin? I always feel like if you want to see sinners, the easiest way just drive and you see people, how people drive. You see sinners on the road all the time. This morning we came here and there, there were crashes both ways on the highway. So we had to get off the highway and, and we had to take some locals to, in order to get to church on time. You know? And these crashes are not minor crashes. These are like four or five cars crashing together. You can see people doing that all the time. Today is a stormy day, it's raining so hard. And when we drive in on a bridge, I see people just passing me, driving so fast, speeding and passing me, like there was no storm. When we do dangerous things, it, it, it can cause us harms. It can cause people harms. Whenever you have these major crashes, the whole, actually the whole 101 North was stopped this morning because this these crashes. So, how do we conduct ourselves? How do we drive? How do we drive our cars? How do we walk? What do we do? Is there anything that God's telling you this morning that you should stop? That those things are not good for you? That you don't want to go to hell because that thing you are doing? Um, you heard of this, but when people have cancer, in one of their organs, sometimes they have to cut off that organ. Um, I have some friends, unfortunately some female friends who had breast cancer, so they have to remove breasts. Um, some people have bone cancer, they have to amputate the legs or, or, or arms. Otherwise the cancer will spread to the whole body and you will die. So in order to save your own life, you have to cut off certain organs, certain parts of the body so that you may live on. That's what Jesus is saying. If our hands are causing you to sin, you should cut it off. Eyes, gouge it out. Feet, cut it off. I, I'm not encouraging you today to do that. I hope you don't do that. Uh, there have been Christians who did that. Uh, don't, I, I, I would not encourage you to do that. Don't do that. Uh, these are hyperboles, but, but, but Jesus used these images to emphasize how serious that sin can be. Sin is contagious. You know, you're watching something, 
you're not supposed to supposed to watch, it, it can affect your mind. It will contaminate your mind, your heart. Right? If you watch pornography, it affects how you look at women. It affects your marriage, it affects your day, it affects all areas of your life with the other gender. Now that's just one example. Um, if you watch those videos, you know, prank videos, all the time, you may take people lightly, you may mock people easily, and you may lose your respect for, for, for people. And you know, a lot of things are just, the Bible says everything is doable, but not everything is beneficial. So I encourage all of us here, including me, to examine our life. What are the things that are not beneficial? What are the things that we should stop? We can eat all kinds of food, but not every kind of food is good for you, right? It's good for us. So we have to discern what do we put in our mouth. Because um, you know, it may leave a consequence that we do not want. Right? So cut it off. Friends, cut it off if it's not good for you to save your life, to preserve your own life. Okay, now we, we let's uh, turn the tone a little bit. Are you solid with fire? Are you solid with fire? Are you going through some sufferings? Are you going through some trials, difficulties? And uh, don't be surprised by these difficulties because according to Jesus, every believer has to go through this. I personally went through many trials or deals in my life and they were used by Jesus for his purpose of purification, for his purpose of sanctification, to create salt in me. Uh, Jesus allows us to go through trials, to go through sufferings, so we may become salty. Salt is good. Salt cleans, salt purifies, salt preserves, salt gives favor. Right? Salt gives favor. So do you have salt in you? The question, the question is, do you have salt in you? Now, going through the trials, being willing to be disciplined by God, being willing to persevere and learn through the sufferings, will have salt. Right? And the evidence of saltiness in us is peace. It's good relationship with other people. Are you at peace with people? Are you in any kinds of tension with people around you? With people in school, in your workplace, in church? Do you have good relationships? If you have, have some strained relationships, it may indicate either you are sinning or the other parties are sinning. Because if both parties uh, uh, have sought, then we should have peace. So the Bible encourages us to do our best to be at peace with other people, right? Um, any difficult relationships you have right now, I encourage you to think about the reasons and think about how um, you may persevere, how you may improve, how you may become a better person in that relationship. Hopefully, um, when you change, the other person will change, and relationship may get better. Uh, the psalm, I forgot which psalm, but the psalm, one of the psalms tells us, uh, God, if you please God, uh, God will even make your enemy your friend. Uh, God will improve your relationship with people. So um, let's keep our saltiness, and let's be a good peacemaker uh, with people 
and among people. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you uh, uh, for your precious teaching. Um, thank you for Jesus. Uh, when we look at his words, uh, we, we think, we believe that he's the son of God because no one speaks like this. No one says so much truth about life than he did and, and, and still doing, still saying to us this day. I pray for everyone to hear you this morning uh, that they will, I trust that people have heard something from you this morning, whatever we need to work on in our lives, whatever we need to cut off, to remove. It could be images, it could be videos, it could be things we do, it could be behaviors, or it could be food we take, uh, it could be some habits we have, whatever that's not good, that's causing us to stumble, that's causing others to stumble. Lord, enable us to cut it off, to abstain it, to leave behind it, to not to touch it anymore, so that our whole body can enter life, our whole bodies can enter the kingdom of God, because that's what you decide for us. Thank you, Lord, have mercy on us and help us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to have communion right now. Uh, is someone playing today? Come in here, yeah. Yeah. Come here, Ron. Ron is gonna play some music for us and let's meditate on the message as he plays for us. And uh, for those of you in, in at home, you can uh, bring out your communion at home if you prepared communion. Uh, so when your house are ready, come forward to receive the communion. Uh, if you have not been baptized, then please uh, remain in your seats. Uh, uh, we, we hope that one day, Soon you'll get baptized um, and you will join us to share this communion, to, join, to share this holy meal. Okay.
Thank you, Zachary. Hopefully, you can soon join us for the communion. Right. Uh, the night when Jesus was betrayed, uh, took the bread. After giving thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup and said, This is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as drink it in remembrance of me. Let's do the collect data. Let's do it later. Let's do it later. We're going to pray. Father God, we. Uh, Thank you for his son. Thank you for his precious blood. As we believe. We believe he had died. We believe he was resurrected. And he did this because of you. He did this because of us. And because of this belief, we want to be better people. We want to be holier. We want to be better testers. So help us. Whatever struggles we may have, help us. Deliver us. Enable us to overcome them. Jesus' name.